This is I Want to Praise You with your host, Darren Florence. To be honest, sometimes I wonder if it's come time to pack it in. If I've given my best and there's nothing left, so my best days are at an end. What's next alone? I know that you're keeping me straight when I'm weak and expect me to carry on. I know that the Lord is preparing me for great things. But on days when it's hard to believe, hey, I want to live right now, life above every blessing. I'm too way down Running to fly but stumbling to the ground Yeah And I remember that you would never Ever leave your child behind Oh no You with me right where I should be And the reasons I revealed in time I know that the Lord I know that the Lord is for 
of I Want to Praise You, comedian Jeff Giant, talk show host Halloran Hill, and Dr. Milton Brown, and yours truly, Darren Flores. This week, we'll be discussing the wisdom of Black History Month. That's right, we're going to shine a light on Black History Month, even though Black History is year-round, 365 days a year. We're going to do a special on Black History Month and the wisdom of it And it's all being hosted by Our resident wisdom guru Our Ed Bradley Our own talk show host himself Halloran Hilton Hill
my friend, he's my mentor, he's my dude, he knows where all the bodies are buried, <laughs> and that's all I got to say about that, man, what's up, Hal? Man, it's such an honor to be with you, D, uh, you know how much I love and appreciate you, and we do go way back, man, uh, I think we crossed a long time, that, that transom between friend over into the world of family so yes be with you, man. yes yes and you know what even our our um our grandparents our parents our brothers our sisters we all are intertwined over the years especially through oakwood academy and oakwood college so that is the foundation of where all this comes from Definitely, yes, definitely, sir. Definitely, so definitely. So now, you are our resident wisdom guru, um, our Ed Bradley, our talk show specialist. So, this month is Black History Month. And a couple of weeks ago, I called you and said, How? I want to talk about the wisdom of Black History Month and how wisdom plays a part in our history. And so, I want you to explain that to me. There's no one else to turn to But you You're the only answer to the situation We've gotten ourselves into So master Won't you please come down And give us A helping hand Cause we There's a lot of people going hungry 
Oh, you mellow, you mellow like a cello. Let me get on oh, this Friday yes, night player, ooh, player yes, rhythm. That's what it do. Hey, baby, what's happening, player? I, I hear it's just hot hitting each other. Just, boom, boom, we just hitting each other head. Nah, nah. Well, you tipping toe and through the willows. <laughs> Black willows. Yeah. Play, what's going on is... Almost Black History Month is over, even though I celebrate black history every day, 365, I'm on mine, believe that every time, because trust, when I look in the mirror, it's always black. It ain't going nowhere. It ain't going nowhere. This is what I've been doing for the the whole month, man, and it's so interesting to start, and then all of a sudden, people start uh, uh, writing me, Um, always doing the black the black um, um, inventors, what we come up with, what we came up with. And the more and more I was doing it, the more and more people were sending me stuff. Check out these. We have, uh, you didn't know that the lady that did the, the dime, made the dime and the uh, Franklin, I think it's Ray Franklin Roosevelt on the dime. Mm-hmm. It was a black woman that did the portrait. Oh, wow. Never got no credit. She was a black woman. Dick's vapor rub. Mm-hmm. You know, Dick's vapor rub was invented by a black man. Yeah. Okay. His, he, he gave the name, uh, uh, Vic came from his brother in law because his last name was, uh, was Richardson. And he was like, yeah, we went to It was probably Johnson. It was probably Johnson or Williams. <laughs> hey, it was Johnson, Johnson, and Johnson, baby. Don't play now. He got a whole lot of things covered. Yeah, <laughs> man. Brother, you heard about the hush puppies, right? I know about the, the hush, hush puppies. puppies. Go ahead and tell the story right, about the hush puppies. How the hush puppies went, uh, the slaves, and they just went and started running away. So we have the slaves, so they took some hush puppies and put a little meat in it. So when the hound dogs, the dogs start chasing them and get that scent, they throw them hush puppies, and the dogs go to the hush puppies. That's how they was getting away. So they use it as a diversion. They use the cornbread and meat in order for to throw a diversion for them dogs. Now they they pop a little bit of red lobster. You can get them all day long at red lobster. Let me tell you something. Ain't nothing like a bowl of beans and rice and some hush puppies and tartar sauce on the side. Good God almighty. You sound like a slave. You sound like a slave. <laughs> yes, sir, boss. Yes, sir, boss. <laughs> hey, 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 let me, let me, let me just say this. Let me just say this before you get in there. Before you get in that potato chip. Slave food as we know it is ne- not necessarily what we call healthy food, even though it's soul food, but... They don't ever talk about the part of the soul food that's collard greens and cabbage and black eyed peas and candied yams and all the natural healthy plants that come from the ground that we eat. So since yeah. we're talking about food, go on and tell me about the potato chip. Oh man, a black man invented some things. I think it was eighteen it's like eighteen ninety two. He uh he invented the potato chip. Uh, it was easy. He was a he was a chef. He was a cook and chef, and uh, he made at a hotel. He was at a hotel, mm-hmm. and uh, he came up with the potato chip. It was a very uh, exquisite hotel, and for the white man, that was like one of their 
fine design uh, 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 appetizers was potato chips that a black man invented. You know, 18, I think it's 93. Shorty. Man, there's so much stuff people have come Yeah, so, so, you know, I gotta tell you about where macaroni and cheese come from. It was, it was a chef, a black chef. I want to say he worked for the White House um, back in slavery time. And um, he spent some time in France. I want to say Paris to be exact. And he got together with a couple of Italian Chefs over there And they came up with With would soon to become Known as macaroni and cheese He put noodles and cheese Mixed with You know A milk And an egg sauce And boy We ain't never been the same since So We have influenced food <laughs> Food Cars The spark Made by black man, man, it's a whole lot of things that we've done. But I think we did was practical, and the reason why we did practical because we had to do it uh, uh, physical. And so all the stuff we have done, baby bugs, the baby cares, made by black man. Uh, the shampoo bowl with the hairdresser. Come on now, black man. come on now. He got he got tired of his mama coming home soaking wet. So, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Miss 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 Master Hair. She's coming home with smelling like dog cat. That's that's what's so funny about it. It was these inventions were made for black people to make their job easier nine times. Yeah. <laughs> so they have to get back to this music, man. Oh man, I'm loving it, man. Now the fight, the man. I just love man. We we knew how to invent stuff. Hey, okay, I just want to say congratulations to the academy. Uh, uh, change the that it made it all the way up to our governor. To the governor's office. Congratulations, Mustangs! Uh, to the governor. That's a witness only to the governor. She said she wants them to come to the uh, the state capitol uh, uh, next week. She wants them to come to I want a complete update, man. You got to tell me by the next week. We out. Confess to him, he'll remove all wickedness. The blood from your son will wash me from my sins. Clean this house from the inside out. Restore me. Take away my
sacrifices and God shows up and says what do you need and he says let's pause on the Bentley I need wisdom and the wisdom was needed so that he could accomplish the calling that was on his life because what he had inside of him wasn't big enough for what was in front of him mm-hmm. and so he needed God to give him the skill the will and the ability to accomplish what he had been called to and So when you think of wisdom as highly developed skill and insight applied at the right time mm-hmm. to produce the right result for all the right reasons, how I relate that to history, and I'll get more specific about black history, is this. When we know the story of where we've come from, it really does inform where we can go. Let me say that again. When you know the story of your past, you know the good, the bad, the ugly. It is from that that you gain wisdom and knowledge and ability or skill to create a different future. Okay, I got a quick question. So, I got a quick question. Just I know you you're on a roll. So based on that, David is Solomon's son. One of Solomon's offsprings. Yes, sir. Yes, Solomon is one of David's sons. Too, right. right, and Solomon ends up being the wisest person on earth because he asked God for that wisdom. Right. Bingo! Bingo! Absolutely. Okay, so was Solomon a black man? Lord, open up the door to my heart, so. Receive, receive all your blessings and favor, Lord. Open up the door. I 
asking you, Lord, please open up the door to my heart so I can receive. I want to receive all of your blessings. I'm asking you, Lord, to open up the door. Receive you in all of your glory. glory. I receive you in all of your splendor. And I receive you in all of your glory. And I receive you in all of your splendor. is in the 
is in North Africa or in the Middle East or somewhere in that region, mm -hmm. then it would stand to, if you qualify being a black person as a complexion and also a history, a story, a people, you know, we can get into racial constructs, where they come from, all of that stuff. Uh, there, there's a whole lot there to, to dig into. I, I, absolutely. Okay, we'll now, leave it. We'll leave it. Stuff. We'll leave it there then, because I mean, they said that Abraham walked to Egypt, Jesus walked to Egypt, Joseph got carried to Egypt, so it couldn't have been far from where these right. people come from, <laughs> and that would, seems like would, North Africa. So I'm just saying. I, I, I would I would say it is not unreasonable to say that the necessity of melanin was high was high on a, <laughs> on a high level <laughs> yes sir oh god I choose to worship when I feel good and when I'm in pain won't let my problems stop me I refuse to quit giving you
But when you think about the wisdom that we gain from history, mm-hmm. um, it's it's so powerful. And I, I, lo- I love to tell this story. I, I, I had this situation where I hit rock bottom. And I think there are all sorts of rock bottoms. You have financial, physical, mental rock bottoms. This was a financial rock bottom. Mm. I hit rock bottom. And I noticed immediately after I hit rock bottom, it was like just real quick i was like no i'm gonna make it and i wondered where that came from Mm. and and then i remember hearing my father always say no matter what was going on i'm gonna make it right and i knew his story i knew his story listen to what i'm saying i knew his story Mm -hmm. history Mm -hmm. of him making it right so i went to him and i said pops why do you always say no matter what's going on I'm going I'm to make, make it. it. He said. He said. I heard my grandfather. I heard your father. Uh, my father say that. Mm. Said your father. Your grandfather was an orphan that was found under a house in Chattanooga mm. with a fourth grade education, mm-hmm. and he was raised in an illegal orphanage in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And he ended up having seven kids. And I watched him go from nothing, absolute abject poverty, to me ending up going to Oakwood College and getting a a doctorate degree and then raising my kids and the only thing that he had to hang on to was he believed that we could make it and so I knew his story of making it Mm. and so I adopted what I learned from his story this notion that I could make it so when I look back at black history Mm. in the United States of America it is a tragic tale, it is a love story, but it is a story of taking brokenness and creating blessing. Some days it seems like it'd be easier to just let go. I know you're praying for a change, to see a sunny day. Nothing good has come your way for so long. You need someone to understand. Your heart is in. You just want to dream again and believe. Yeah. Your skies may look dim and gray. But know your breakthrough's not far away. So, we want you to do. So, hold on. Yes. You are too close to give up. You have so much to live for. You have so much to live for. Remember what you prayed for. Give up.
so listen. You just hold on. I'm speaking from experience. Been. I was there. Just about over. But here's the good news. Listen. All of your dreams. Your dreams. All of your desires. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Coming to pass. So I'm telling you. Don't lose your faith. Don't lose your faith. Don't give up. Come on, friends. Sometimes your skies may seem about to say it sounds like a blues song (laughs) you smash me and I create art my story though you may not always want to tell it is one of triumph Mm. and when I know that story is triumphant and resilient it lets me know that I can make it going forward in the future it shows me what I'm made of but if I don't know like if I didn't know his story, my father's story, I wouldn't know that I'm made of survival. And if my father hadn't learned his father's story, he wouldn't know that his DNA was survival. Right. And there's a and there's a great wisdom, if you will, in that story. And I think I think that's part of the wisdom we gain from knowing and studying and understanding history. It lays bare the flaws and the features. It lays bare the blessing and the brokenness. And the beautiful thing about having a relationship with God is 
the all things function. God, in his redemptive power, is able to cause all things to work together for our good, both the brokenness and the blessing. But we got to know all of it because it reveals to us what God has accomplished through us. Solomon had no idea how he was going to lead a kingdom, didn't have any. But when he linked up with God, God was able to use his story of brokenness. He saw one of the reasons, I'll give you, I'll give you a quick, quick antidote. I know I get fired up and excited, but give me a quick. Come on, give it to me. Here. Give it to me. That's what we're here for. We're here for the, the get fired Solomon, up. <laughs> Solomon was the first of the Israeli kings to reign in peace. You never find anything in Solomon's record of him ever going to war. Hmm. He hmm. never went to war. D, listen to me. Here's why. Hmm. He had seen what war did to his family. Mm-hmm. He knew his story. This is Bathsheba's son. Bathsheba's original husband was was assassinated or murdered or set up to be killed. That's how he ends up being born. Mm. He is not the first in line to be king. Several of his brothers had to either be killed or eliminated in order for him to be killed. He had seen war and bloodshed and he realized, I don't like the way that goes. I'm going to build a kingdom based on what I know about my history that's better than my history. Mm-mm-mm. That's wisdom. That's wisdom. That's true wisdom. We'll be back with more with Halloran Hill on the other side of this stop set on this edition of I Want to Praise You, the wisdom of Black History Month.
Jeff Giant, talk show host Halloran Hill, and Dr. Milton Brown. Here we go. Praise is what I do, and this is I Want to Praise You.
taking taking a step back and thinking about the situation and making lemonade out of lemons. Absolutely. That's it. As a as a culture, as a culture, it may be the thing we do better than just about. I, I think all cultures do this, by the way. But because of the particular oppression that black people have suffered, they've become particularly adept at finding a way to make lemonade. It's amazing what they do. Give me two turntables. Mm. Hip hop. Give me two turntables. Hip hop is the biggest genre of music in the world. Hands it's down. purely created, purely created out of somebody saying, "What do I have in my hand?" That's the same exact thing that that the rod that they had, that Moses had, the staff that he had in his hand that he threw down, that turned into a snake and picked it back up. He Moses was asked, "What do you have in your hand?" I can use whatever you have in your hand to make. We can part a Red Sea. <laughs> what do you have in your hand? <laughs> what this what's this is what this reminds me of. Last week. We did the podcast I Want to Praise You uh, uh, On my Uncle Tommy Who was the first person That went to Oakwood Academy um, My great grandfather We called him Daddy Richie And he was a cool cat A hustler to the end You know he, he was an entrepreneur He taught my grandparents How to be entrepreneurial And um, when my Uncle Tommy Turned eight years old That's when they became Into the Adventist faith The Adventist church And by the time He was 17, 18 He was on his way To Oakwood Academy Eventually, you know Joined the Air Force And became an Air traffic controller But From Denver, Colorado All the way to Germany His story Spanned that time And It's just amazing How from nothing came something amazing and his footsteps set the tone for everybody in our family including mine
sure you know as a result of of that you know all the other people in our family from my grandmother to my uncles and you see the results of what happened so it's like you said it's a story that spans time in all of our families right and, and there's a there's a so you knowing that story though you knowing that history is a benefit to you number one it gives you a great sense of self right Number two, it shows you what's possible. And even the, you know, even the, the cra- every family has their, their, their crazy branches on the family tree. Oh, yeah. Uh, even understanding that stuff, knowing your history could give you more wisdom because it shows you what you may have a tendency to deal with. It might be generational in nature. And so you can... You can know, man, maybe in my family, alcoholism is has been a trait or a problem. 
maybe that's part of my makeup. I, I might need to worry a little bit about that. I might need to strategize to make sure that I don't fall into those those things because I know it's a freight train that's been running down my family line for a long time. Or on the other side, you might go, man, the entrepreneurial history of my family, that's baked into me. Maybe that's a gift and a calling that I can leverage. And, and you, you find out you have a skill and a will to accomplish because you understand more about your history. It also then becomes important for you to create a history by the way you live your life so that your generations going forward have something to leverage. Mm-hmm. You, you're telling the story of your uncle or your great uncle or your grandfather. What will generations going forward, what story will they tell about you? Right. Nothing feels better than to know you And nothing's more important than to show you Then nothing comes close to what the vibe is Nothing's more exciting than the time spent with you No one but you can love me true How you love me when you love me And you tell me everything is gonna be alright and you mean the world to me You are my everything And I never, no, never, never ever wanna know what it's like without you I wanna wake up to you every day I think I feel like this forever As long as we're together, wanna know you each and every way I promise to be honest when I speak to you Wanna put you at the top of my list Wanna walk in like I'm talking, wanna give you everything Please tell me that you're rocking with this You know all the ways to speak to me I like it when it's just us talking And you don't hold it against me That you don't really need me for nothing But I need you for everything And when I'm honest with you, telling you my issues You keep it up with you every time I kick it with you It's no games, no games, oh don't change, don't change Cause you mean the world to me You are my everything And I never, no, never, never ever wanna know what it's like without you I wanna wake up to you every day I think I feel like this forever As long as we're together Wanna know you each and every way I promise to be honest when I speak to you Wanna put you at the top of my list Wanna walk in like I talk it, wanna give you everything Please tell me that you're rocking with this You know all the ways to speak to me I wanna wake up to you every day I think I feel like this forever As long as we're together Wanna know you each and every way I promise to be honest when I speak to you Wanna put you at the top of my list Wanna walk in like I talk it, wanna give you everything Please tell me that you're rocking with this You should be ashamed That nothing's really changed And it's your ignorance That won't give me a chance Because of the color of my skin After all this time, you 
story is the same thing you just said. I can make it. When I'm when I'm at at my last, when I'm at the bottom of the barrel, when I have nothing left, the words are coming out my mouth. I can make it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I got cold chills just even hearing you say that because my dad said that all the time. I'm going to make it. Where did that come from? It was from his history. Somebody came off a slave ship. You, you, this is the reason why our history is so powerful to me, right? I love Black History Month. I love Black History facts and stats about all the incredible things that we've accomplished either all day, every day. But to me, the greatest part of our history is survival because there were 16 to 20 generations of people that lived in slavery, chattel slavery on this continent. Mm. So if you were in generation number three, you could literally go 10 generations and never smell freedom. Mm. You and I don't exist on this on this call right now. If somebody in that line of people doesn't make the decision to show up one more day, even if they didn't see on the horizon, they had the audacity to sing in bare feet. I got shoes. You got shoes. Oh, all God's children got shoes. Good God Almighty. When I get to heaven, I'm going to put on my shoes, walk all over. All over, unbounded, unrestricted, un-Jim Crow. I'm going wherever I want to go in shoes that I don't even have. Mm. And guess what? This morning when I was getting ready to come to my office, not somebody else's office, Mm. Mm -hmm. I was looking down and I spent an extra three minutes in my master bathroom. I'm sitting there because I couldn't figure out which one, which shoes. Oh my God! On the streets of gold, on the sea of glass, on the beautiful carpet of green grass, in the earth made new—that's where we walking. Come on, Doc. So those, if and if I don't know, see, some people only want to tell you the story of the shackles. Here's what I'm trying to say: if I don't know their story of survival. I don't know the story of their strength. I don't know the history of my strength. And there's great wisdom in that. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Amazing, man. Let's talk about some of the great people that set the tone in black history. Because when I think about it, you know, the first thing that comes to mind, one of the greatest accomplishments that black people have done on this earth and, and it's right there in Egypt the, the pyramids The city of Egypt um, All the great Artifacts like the Sphinx um, The archaeology Digs that bring up Things like light bulbs That were created back then That we don't know about it Did you know that The uh, pyramids actually lit up at nighttime? Did you ever Have you ever heard that? I hadn't heard that Okay, here goes the story. So the pyramids, a couple of them were built over the Nile River. So the water would run, you know, from the river up underneath them and create like a wheel of power 
that generated electricity that when night came the pyramids actually illuminated now I can't give you the exact place that I saw this or read this I'll have to do my research but when I did see that I said it said it resonated to myself that you know that was possible and it could happen what do you think about that well I mean if you if, if you think about it we we are made in the image of God and God shows up in the in the in our narrative in the Bible as a creator and I think throughout history what I've seen what I've noticed is as I mentioned before this creative force that is within us I think it's within all humanity mm-hmm. but I but I honestly believe that people who struggle more end up if they make it through the struggle producing more right and so it, that doesn't surprise me that peoples that populated the earth at that time were as invent, inventive, if not more inventive than we are now. Because if we're made in the Imago Dei, the image of God, if God, the first thing he said was let there be light, he was a creative force. And then when he set us free in the garden, he said, be fruitful and multiply. Mm-hmm. That creative force is alive and was alive then. And I think I think when humanity um, embraces that part of who we are, that creativity creates pyramids and it creates lighted pyramids. Mm. Mm. Not just lighted pyramids, but each brick was so meticulously, mathematically perfect that if you went from one point on a pyramid around the entire earth to the other side of the pyramid it is going to be the exact mathematical equation on all four points that in itself is genius so if they're doing that to illuminate the pyramid seems like a less harder task than just to get those bricks and stones I mean we're talking about tons of just one brick we still don't know how they lifted or got those bricks in place and the perfection of those bricks. And of course, once, but, but <laughs> once again, that brings us that brings us back to Solomon and his alliance with an omnipotent God. Mm-hmm. See, see, I believe that as a people, we've always been spiritual in nature, and I think there have been times where that the distance between us and God has been closer. One plus one is two. Always. One plus infinity. One plus infinity, though, is infinity. Mm. You and me getting together and doing something, we will produce whatever the capacity is of how plus B. But if it's me, you, and God. I want to praise you. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> that's You're all. Right. That's the only words that come to my mind. <laughs> so if you have, so if you have a history of seeking God's divine wisdom, let, let me give you. Let me take that. A, so you, I can take you from pyramids, but I can take you also to George Washington Carver. Come on, who peanuts. Would pray, who would pray to God 
would you please reveal the mysteries of the science around what I'm looking at? Mm. And it was that it was that spiritual connectedness that me plus infinity equals infinity that opened up Henry Ford begged to hire George Washington Carver. Right. He want he wanted he's like I need this dude in my nobody wanted a black man in their camp in their corporation back then no one to cr- create a plant <laughs> to create <Right>. a plant. <laughs> right. So, so I think when you speak of pyramids and the wisdom to build those pyramids back to where we started, the skill and the will to accomplish, or if you look at George Washington Carver and those peanuts, the skill and the will to accomplish, I think the connective tissue when we look at history and wisdom is that we have a history of being imbued with wisdom by God. Mm. It's all good. 
says in Psalm 27 and 13 David said I had fainted lest I had believed to see the goodness of God in the land of the living and what we come to understand and know that even when it doesn't look good it works for the good to all those that are called according to his purpose help me say It's all God. It's all God. Everything going on in my life. And it's all God. Had a few hills to climb. Oh, it's all God. I don't know what you face tonight. But I know it's all God. That's it. I believe that's the answer that black history is is human history. And and it has been say how you said it again, inspired by God. I, I, I don't want to say yeah, it. Im, 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 imbued, imbued okay. or okay. infused, right? Um and, and if you if you if you if you think about it, what was Christ's mission statement? What is what is the whole of Scripture? If it is not a redemption story, if it is not the story of I came to give sight to the blind, I came to help the lame walk and the blind see, I came to set the captives free. The whole narrative of the Bible is about people who've been oppressed, being set free and placed in a promised land Mm. and being given a crown to compensate for what they've been through. Mm, mm, mm. So with that being said, American history, you know, um, if Africans never came to this country to help build it, I believe we would have a place maybe like Sweden or, you know, Greenland, a country that small, because I don't think the accomplishments that took place on this land would never have happened. I, I, I don't think there. I don't think there's any doubt if you just look at history 
um, the economic power of the United States of America early on and to this day it, is it lay it, it lies in our productivity right that's 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 and let me give you let me give you some scale on that China has China has 1.4 1.5 billion people mm-hmm. they have eight they have 800 plus million people that are in the workforce in China and they have a gross domestic product somewhere around 19 trillion dollars they're right behind the United States who's right around 22 trillion but they've got 800 million people producing 18 trillion dollars worth of value the United States of America has 330 million people. We only have 158 million people in the workforce, but our productivity sits at about 22, 23 trillion dollars. We produce more with less, okay? Mm-hmm. When you look at the economy of the early, especially in the, the South of America, if you look at it, the productivity that was provided by slave labor is undeniable it's undeniable you undeniable. can't get around it at all and, the- and it owes to it owes to these oppressed people these enslaved people at the same time that they were being beaten and oppressed they were incredibly productive incredibly let me tell you how productive they were I got to tell you this story how So, you know, being here in Atlanta, Georgia, I've been studying the history of of our city and, you know, how it was developed. And, oh, man, there's this barbershop that I worked on and there was a train track that would go up underneath the barbershop every once in a while. You hear the train coming by and making all kind of noise. And so one of my clients told me the history of it he said you see that building across the street he said that building has been here since slavery and um, the slave owners used to stay in that building used a hotel back then and they would come down and walk over here to the train station where the slaves were sold and they would buy and sell slaves there but <clears throat> that wasn't the most interesting part of the story the most interesting thing he said at that time that train station and the country itself was producing almost 60 billion dollars in cotton that was picked in the southeast region and and Atlanta was built on that those train tracks and train crossings that would come here and buy and sell the cotton and i said you said 60 billion dollars back then like in the 1700s and the 1800s can you imagine how much money that was or would be now and it's amazing amount of money back then and it was all on our backs and that's how this city was built on that train track and those cotton bales and our work that's true I mean I have been wanting to go to the Atlanta History Center um, and I, I've been meaning to come down and go, and go through there for years but when you when you go back and look at the history of the South 
and the United States of America, it's, it's really undeniable. It really is. So out of that productivity, you, 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 you know, we're part of America's story. And in the work that I do, there is a lot of tension around just owning that. Right. They don't want to talk about it. They don't own, even want to talk to about it in it schools or nothing. Or honor it. Right. It's, to own or honor or honor it's like taboo to even mention the race played a key role in how we got to where we are right now from a financial standpoint and a successful standpoint as well as a negative standpoint
question is, what do you, what part of your history do you hold on to, um, and you leverage to go forward? There is the, there's a part of us that has to deal with whatever the grievance is, and then there's a part of us that has to go. All right, where do we go from here? Right. Um, and how do we leverage that so that we make so that we make it better? And how does a person of faith kind of bring all of this together? I, I was um, when, you, when we talk about the wisdom of history and what you can learn from history. Um, I was reading this book called "Thou Shalt Prosper." You heard about this book? It's by a Jewish rabbi. No, I never. And heard he talks it. about. He talks about why everywhere on planet Earth, Jews prosper. And he talks about the value set that they live by that allows them to prosper wherever they are. And it's been amazing to me that my friends in the Jewish community have a way of leveraging their pain. They never forget what happened to them. Mm. But then they go, because of what happened to us, whether it was being enslaved in Egypt or the Holocaust, because of the memory of that, it fuels their future. Right. And and I wonder if there if, if there isn't something in there for all of us. Where I'll never forget this. I got to this one point where I was reading slave narratives, right? Um, and. You know, right after slavery, they did interviews with all these former slaves, and there are books of these accounts of slave narratives. A lot of them collected in the National Archives. And I remember reading this one story where um, this old black man wore sunglasses all the time. He was blind, and his—it may have been his granddaughter or his great-granddaughter. She always wanted to see his eyes, and he would always make sure that she couldn't pull up his his sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Finally, one day she's sitting on his lap on the front porch and she pushes up his sunglasses and she notices they're just two slits that are sewn together. Mm. He doesn't have any eyes. And she just goes, Grandpa, where are your eyes? And he said something like, I ain't got none. And she said, well, what happened to your eyes? And she said, he told her, said, when I was coming along, it was illegal for a slave to read. And I would sneak out in the woods and somebody had given me a Bible and I was teaching myself to read. And the slave master caught me out in the woods trying to read this Bible and he took a hot poker Mm. and he poked Mm. my eyes out. He burned my eyes out. And he said, so I couldn't read. And she's just weeping and she's in tears on the front porch as she's listening to, here we go, D, his story. Mm. And she's crying and she is enraged. And she said, I am going to make them pay for this. And she's crying. And the old former slave grabbed her hands and said, baby girl, don't cry. Read. Wow. Wow. She went on. She went on to get two PhDs. And the fuel was, how do I take the, the brokenness, the rage, the the feeling of being used and abused and trampled. What do I do with that rage? Is it, is it, um, is it just fuel for bitterness or betterment? And she was able to leverage his story 
to rewrite the ending of his story. Mm. To her story. To, absolutely. <laughs> her now, story. now her grandkids get to go. Grandmama got two PhDs and she achieved all of this. How did you get to this point? And now she gets to tell his story. And all of that gives them wisdom. Amazing. Amazing. Now you were talking about the Jewish community and their success. And I honor them and I respect them. But I do have some questions. Now, the Jewish community, I think Jews is a derivative of the tribe of Judah. Which was part of the 12 tribes That you know Abraham's son And ultimately The tribe that was enslaved In Egypt And had you know worked so many years And the Joseph story Intertwined with that But it says in Revelation That the, you know When we come to the end of the world When the last days come that those people will come to the realization of who they are and who they were in the last days and come back together and be a nation and a people again. And I'm just saying, I'm not sure if those are the same people that we were talking about as, you know, who these this tribe of people are. Just just something to think about. I'm not sure who who's going to come to... To the understanding of who they were back then to now, but sometimes I wonder, are those the same Jews? You know what? You know, when I think about the end of the story and I think about race, culture, I, I, my, my biblical worldview tells me, number one, that God made us all. Of course. And he made us all in his image. And that he wants to create, he wants to reclaim the whole of his creation. That is, that's the, that's the redemption story. It is. I don't know how he's going to accomplish it, though. I don't. I know that he will accomplish it, but I, I have no idea how it'd be. I just, I these are my I thoughts. Just, these are my thoughts right here. If we all were created in his image, that means we are all his offsprings. And that is the common denominator that we are God's children. And once we all come to the realization that we are all his kids, then it would make sense that we are all a family and we act accordingly. Just my thoughts. That sounds like wisdom to me, bro. <laughs> that's, that's my thought. I don't know what else. Maybe we need to just drop the mic right there. Because <laughs> I don't know what else to say on the other side of that. Because at the end of the day, that is the wisdom of black history. That is. Um, so I'll wrap it up this way by just saying, God, would you give us the capacity to look back on our story, our history, and glean from it the wisdom to make it better. Would you allow us to look at the timeline of all that we've been through and see all that you brought us through, that you've always been in the business of taking brokenness and turning it into blessing, to taking our history and leveraging that to make a beautiful future. Would you let us know that? And would you let us know as a people 
that we're built for survival and we're built to thrive and that we're headed to a promised land in Christ's name. Amen. And before I get up out of here, I got to say, just like you said in the beginning, we are going to make it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 100%. Thank you for joining us for another edition of I Want to Praise You for Comedian Jeff Giant. Talk show host Halloran Hill, who did an amazing job, and Dr. Milton Brown and yours truly, Darren Florence. We'll see you next week. You know what we do at this time each and every week. I, I-